0: Welcome back to episode once once my browser loads I'll let you know what we're actually at 29 of Bake Takes with Dick and Bones this is a special edition Bones tell them what we got going
1: Welcome back, ladies and gents, to episode number 29 of Baked Takes and Dick and Bones Quarantine Edition. We have the crew back in town, just virtually. We're here for a virtual quarantine edition of Baked Ticks, uh COVID-19 Edition. We're going to run through all of our topics. Um, on, the t- on the page beforehand, you would have seen candy tasting. You would have seen a virus update, medical update uh, with Fiora. We're going to hit on mental health, physical health. We're going to hit on working from home with Dan Kompour. Uh, what to do with your money with Mickey Lignato, uh, and then a sports update, and then looking ahead um, at a projection, followed by a final Big Taste of Dick and Bones Jeopardy for the super fans involved. Um, I like to kick things off with none other than a very special candy tasting. So what I have is my candy, I hope everyone has their candy at home, but Dick, I'm gonna pass it over to you for your candy, let's hit it.
0: Yeah, so, um... My household does not, and and like you said, Corona edition, we're all back in our parents' houses or something like that. We don't have much candy, so I had to scrounge around the closet. And what I came up with was the classic Cracker Jacks.
2: Not an actual
0: candy, but we're going to go with it. Close enough. Look, the packaging even says prize inside. So we are really throwing it back to, I don't know, what is this, like the, the 50s? No, we had it. A little difficult to open, so that's uh already losing points for me. Just ripped it completely. Just ripped it open. Now, first thing we get is uh, some caramel popcorn. Oh, just like I remember it. Brings me back to baseball games. Richie, I want to
3: rebrand. It's not candy time. It's snack time.
0: Snack time. Well, you know what, then this is this. I like that idea. Here's the prize. And when you open it, it is pretty underwhelming. I can't get it open, so we're just going to flip that one out. But let's get a rating going. 7-6. Um, 7-6. Seven, six, seven, six. The plastic, peanuts are the best part. Classic
1: candy. Can never go wrong. Peanuts That's are the best part. part. we got Twizzlers. For my candy, we got Twizzlers chocolate version. Very important not to get the licorice version that tastes like Arak. We're going chocolate. little pro tip is you leave these guys open, the bag open, so it – firms up a little bit it gets a little ripe see that it gets a little ripe who's
0: who's, who's um who had the uh their favorite candy was oh i think it was david azar was the ripe uh swedish fish or something he had something, something like that where he had to leave it out for a certain amount of time you gotta leave it, it out good. for
1: five to six business days now we got the right perfect texture a little bit of chew we're going in
0: you know twizzlers never really s- switched up their their marketing piece i feel like their packaging and was always exactly the same.
1: Here. To me, this is a classic, a go to, nothing special, but, no. but it gets a solid 8.1 on the Richter scale. 8.1. <laughs> see Harris,
0: Harris, is that definitely. is obnoxiously high. Let's go over to Harris.
4: Okay, so my special candy is, you know, I'm trying to stay healthy. And, uh corona season, so I have one a day vita craves for men. <laughs> um because I'm feeling like a crazy badass right now. Hold on. I'll give me okay. I got I got a green and a blue, so it's like a smoothie in your mouth plus the vitamins. Unbelievable combination. Um I'm
0: gonna go a strong seven six.
4: Strong seven you can six. Be healthy.
0: Yeah. Harris, what's what's the serving size on on that thing? Oh, two. So it's a normal dosage. What? <laughs> two <laughs> crazy. two, two one a day. That's making me. I kind of stole that from Instagram. I saw that before, but really? but, uh, but that, that that blows my mind at the fact that right, it makes no <laughs> sense. Just make the gummies like twice <laughs> the size. Their entire, you, buddy. their entire marketing ploy is one a day, and the serving size is two. Yeah, because All that right.
4: happened, I'm lowering it to seven one.
0: Seven one. So we got anybody else having a candy time, snack time with us. Please raise your hand. We'll, we'll flip it over to you. Unmute.
1: We got Rochelle is in the booth. We're going to unmute her and
0: we're going back for more candy. Here we go.
5: Okay. I got a family size Swedish fish.
0: Oh, wow. it's not okay, that's, that's tried and true. That is tried and true
5: it's the best. on the top five. Unright though. They're mini, little, little minis. I guess it is a little ripe.
0: Our boy Enrique, driving in the car right now, he's always a fan of uh, the extra-large version of everything. Mm. So he likes, he likes the extra-large uh, um, Sour Patch Kids. Mm. But um, we'll have to go with the minis for now. Min- minis, in my opinion, are a little bit better just there.
5: I like them more. You need
0: to pop in. Yeah. So what mm-hmm. do you give it?
5: I'm giving it an 8-2. Eight two,
0: very high score. We got. Okay. Uh, I think I think we're all a little desperate on this uh, on this Corona situation. Lignato. We're
1: all kind of. <laughs> it's Lignato from Mickey Lignato. What do you got, Mick? All right, so
6: my candy is uh, is Daddy's candy called uh, Glenfiddich fourteen. Can't can't, <laughs> can't really see it in the superpowers.
0: You know? it, it disappears <laughs> when, you, when you pick
6: it up. It disappeared. That's that's how good it is. Uh, let's see. All right, look, we got it in in this uh, situation over here. And uh, let's see how it goes. One gulp,
0: everybody knows the rules. <laughs> oh, down the hatchet.
6: I'm going to say it's uh, nice and tasty. goes down smooth.
1: I'll give it a nice 7-8. 7-8. What's not your really candy, candy? We'll candy. Take it.
6: Not
1: candy? Not really candy, we we'll take it. We're moving on. First segment, we're going to go in short shifts, three to five minutes a topic. Again, this is a recording that's going to be exported to all the masses. And we're going to hit with first our obvious topic of the day, which is coronavirus. We have in the in the booth, we have um, uh, a resident nurse who's been in the uh, ER for many years. And we're going to hit Leora with just an update on what you've seen. I don't know if you've been working now, Leora, um, in the past couple of weeks, but we just want to understand what what the situation is. Um, just last today, I mean, we saw status today, 1.2 billion cases around the world, 70,000 deaths, In in the U.S. alone, 300 plus thousand cases reported. So I just want to get your opinion on uh, what you're seeing, just the landscape right now.
0: And if anyone wants her medical advice, just ask. She's uh, willing to give it (laughs) out specifically for individual people. Um, That's what she (laughs) told me, all fair.
7: Don't ask me. It's your legal liability, but thank you. Um, I haven't been working right now. I work in the OR um, as a nursing anesthesia student right now and they canceled all elective cases. So we only get about two cases a day of emergency cases. So uh, I'm not working right now, but actually have an exciting opportunity coming up um, next week. I was recruited by the government to do some uh, data collection stuff for coronavirus. So I'll get back to you more on that. I I can't really give you any more information at this time.
0: (laughs) Oh, we have a a government agent with us right now. That's amazing.
7: But um, what have I seen? I have been to my old hospital, to the ICUs. Um, It's really crazy. It's literally like a war zone. Like, I just think, I mean, not that I have any military experience, but I really think it's exactly like that I mean, just the thought of wearing, I mean, I wear a mask all day in the OR, but the thought of wearing the N95 mask all day, it is so torturous, and the the gowns, and the goggles, and everything, it's like literally what you can use for prisoner torture, it's horrible, and to do that for 12 hours, it's just so crazy, and you know, not to have the proper gear, and the, the ratios are all fucked up, like normally in the ICU, we only have two patients um i want to
1: ask the question lira so there's been a lot of just back and forth about especially when you listen to the trump um you know public public um pr presses and press releases and stuff like that he's pitching one story and then there's a completely other story yeah so he's wrong and i just want to get the, the actual practical status of our healthcare system and are we actually prepared for what's about to come
7: so, um, he's, he's wrong. There was definitely a lack time. I think they woke up a little too late. You know, you can't wait till there are zero masks locked to all of a sudden realize that you need masks and other things. Um, did they try to do the effort? Yeah, I was just watching tonight, the military finally gave like 2.8 million um, N95s, two 2.8 million masks, 1000 ventilators, um, we have 400 coming to New York. Um, but It's like we're what what we've been doing for the last two weeks in the EDN ICU is completely unsafe, it's completely unethical. Um, I mean, he put us in that predicament and he's going around saying that there's enough PPE, there isn't you know, it's locked up in a room, you get one a day if you're lucky. And, um, so no, but, um, I think it's really sad what's going on in the religious communities. I like hated them for it in the beginning and I still kind of hate them for it now trying to lessen my hate just because, you know, all these people that are, that have now died, which is so many of you guys are following in those communities and the ones that are sick are putting the healthcare workers at risk and, and overwhelming the healthcare system even more. So
0: they're basically like denying that, that it exists or they're saying we don't really give a shit.
7: Yeah, I think it's a combination of the two, I think, um, you know, they have less media than we do. So maybe they didn't get the severity of it as soon as we did. Um, but like now, when their own people finally started dying, maybe they start to get it. But I don't know, I just saw a video of a funeral today that was like, hundreds of people. Um, so I really think it's a mixture of lack of education and, um, them just not caring, but it's really sad for the healthcare workers that are putting their lives at risk and their families' lives at risk to go take care of
8: these people.
0: I wonder how much, um, of like what Trump actually says is based off of truth as opposed to trying to calm the
7: entire world down. I don't think it's false. It's just, People have to understand that if the hospital is getting X amount of masks, it doesn't mean that the nurses are going to get it the same hour that the hospital gets it. There's a distribution process. So I don't think like, you know, by the time he ordered and the military is sending all this stuff and that's nice, but there's a lag time between when the nurses actually get that equipment and that material. So I don't think he's lying. I just think like why, why wait till there we're in absolute chaos to implement all these things. Like, we should have been prepared for it, and we're not. Now we're, we're it's, it's the whole motto of America. We always react. We're not proactive. We don't, pro, we don't care about screenings. We don't care about preventing healthcare issues. We don't care about anything in this country. We just care about money. That's why we want people to get sick. So they buy their medications, So they have their surgeries. Um, it's the same concept here. Like, we, we just react. So
8: like We're like not proactive
7: about anything. <laughs>
1: So, Leora, I just want to ask about uh, the current, current status. I know we've heard a lot about just, I guess, temporary treatments. What is the best option right now for a lot of patients? And before, before you an actual cut vaccine, off
7: for a little bit. Let's see. Am I so the only just, one that can't hear you right now?
0: She was, he was just saying, what, what would you recommend um, as far as, like, treatment goes, Bones? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, exactly. So until until a vaccine actually comes out, I'm gonna ask you about what, what the timeline is for that. But uh, in terms of today, there are patients, uh, hundreds of thousands of patients in hospitals, many of them in the ICU. So what is the actual um, temporary at least treatment plan just just to to get over this this next spread?
7: The, tr- the treatment plan remains the same um, places, uh, My ICU is trying now the mixture of the citromycin. Are you asking for the actual medication plan? Well, no. So, I mean, th- there's a lot
1: of talk on hydrochloroquine. Um, I'm curious to what extent... We're getting the, deep into the, into the medical
8: to what extent terms
1: To what extent the hospitals are just taking an F-A approach and just trying things that aren't F-A approved versus, versus just waiting it out and waiting for a vaccine maybe or doing some other strategy?
7: So it's not that they're not FDA approved. They're not FDA approved for this specific purpose. Like the way the FDA approvals work for each medication is that it literally has to, you have to have like clinical trials and go through FDA approval for each specific indication. So obviously there's no FDA approval for coronavirus because we've never had it before. Um, But the medications that they're using, they're not new medications. We've been using them for a bunch of other things. million years so Mm -hmm. um, it seems to be working and there's some people that are making it, some people are not and it still doesn't make sense to me why some people are making it and some people are not Um, I definitely think obviously the elderly and immunocompromised I think the sick people my ICU right now is a 20 bed ICU and like 18 of them are under 30 Um, we we get the younger ones because where like the surgical ICUs and the MICU gets the older ones because that's what they're used to dealing with. Um, and I think people that smoke, people that vape, people that do anything where their lungs, involving their lungs are just doing worse, like so much worse. What about Um,
0: people whose lungs have collapsed in the past?
7: Yeah, that's definitely, yeah, it's definitely makes you, um, yeah, that definitely makes you a target to maybe not do the best. But what I am seeing with the younger patients is, um, oh, well, what's different about this virus is that people are, are staying intubated for a long, a long time, um, which is unusual for a respiratory issue. Um, it's like the most severe form, but the young people, usually they'll be intubated for two to three weeks, but they'll make, make it out. So, they want
1: to know what does intubated
8: yeah. means,
7: When you can't breathe on your own, so you they place an airway for you, that, you know, it hooks you up to a machine and it breathes for you. So uh,
1: I think one of our, one of our questions and just to wrap up this topic is, is, um, projection. So we mentioned viruses, is there a timeline of, of, of when a virus would, uh, would be developed or actually, um, rolled
0: out? You mean a vaccine? Every vaccine
7: oh, oh, the vaccine. vaccine. Um, yeah, usually like 12 to 18 months for trials. Um, I think this one will go a little quicker because people will take to it more. I personally, um, I don't run to get vaccines right when they come out. I just think we don't have, we don't know enough, but I feel like because of the hysteria that this has caused, people are gonna be more willing to do it and they're gonna be part of those clinical trials. So um, I think it'll definitely speed up the process, but um, I'm never a fan of vaccines right when they come out. So I guess we'll have to see how it does. Um, because you know, vaccine is a live strain of the virus, um, like a really small amount so that your body builds immunity, which is kind of what I've been doing. Um, I think I have immunity because I've been around, um, I've been in small bits and pieces around, like many positive patients, which I found that after the fact. Um, But I'm in a hospital every day. And I know healthcare workers are getting sick. So it's not a science. But and even now
1: they're they're doing something called uh, in in reference to plasma donation. Essentially, if you've gotten over the virus, if you've gotten antibodies, is yeah, that a strategy? Yeah,
7: that makes a lot of sense. We we do that for a lot of autoimmune conditions. Um, um, we don't get plasma from other people, but what we do is uh, separate the antibodies in the plasma, and like it's called immunoglobulins, and we give it to infusions. We do it for sickle cell. We do it for like a lot of autoimmune disorders. So it's not a foreign <laughs> It's just the first time they're trying it with this. So um there's no reason why it wouldn't work. You're basically giving them the antibodies that they need in order to fight off the virus from right. someone else.
0: So final question seen, sorry, yeah, before ahead. the final question, if anybody's seen contagion, which I watched at the at the beginning of, of this outbreak pandemic to uh educate myself, it feels like we're living that movie right now. I mean people aren't dying within three seconds it, of getting it but
7: it's literally like a war zone. That's crazy
1: um final final question to Leora is, um, in terms of Thailand, just for quarantine, we're all obviously living at, uh, you know, we're all at home, we're all working from home. Um, so I wanna just get your opinion on what's the um, what's the timeline just to, to to be back into the workforce, back into our regular lives.
7: And um, right now they're predicting the beginning of May, first week of May. Uh, based on like what the other countries have been going through, Italy's just now going into four weeks of strict quarantine. And they're going to start lightening it up soon, um, and we're now in week three, starting week three. So I think um, we're going to have like a strict quarantine for another two, three weeks. We're going to hit the apex at the end of this week, come down off the apex about for about two, three weeks. So I think first week of May, people will start to like resume normal. But there's that's not going to be an, an old...
1: All at once, type of thing. Right. I, um, I think Mickey,
6: Mickey has a question. We're going to unmute it. Mickey, what do you got? Yes. Hey, hey, Leora. So, uh, speaking in regards to the quarantine, is it being done to ease the tension and the burden on the hospital system, or is it to prevent the spread of the virus? Because there's a lot of debate on what the quarantine is actually meant to be doing.
7: Um, well, it's a combination of both. Obviously, we don't want the virus to spread. The more it spreads, the more people are going to die. That's just a fact. But the um, the immediate issue of the quarantine is to not overwhelm the healthcare system because they're already drowning. They can't handle it. And, um, and it's not only the healthcare system because it's going to affect every single person if you can't get a bed, if you can't get a ventilator, if we have to start deciding who lives and who dies based on you know, what their outcomes look like. So that's affecting everyone. So it's not like really a me versus you situation. Um, but that is the immediate thought process because the hospitals just can't handle it.
0: And one more question from Danny. But before we get we get to that, um, Carol recommended watching Netflix explain the next pandemic, which uh, predicts everything. If you go on YouTube, YouTube's been, been serving their algorithm and knows that, we all want to watch Bill Gates talk about the next pandemic four years ago, and he basically predicted everything that's going to happen. So that was pretty wild. Um, but yeah, go check out Netflix. Explain the next pandemic. Danny, what you got? No, I'm good. I'm good. I got my question. <laughs> but did you get your answer? <laughs> no, she's gonna she's gonna she's gonna legally do something. So I'm, <laughs> I'm good. All right, Dan's question was: What's the worst that could happen if you take? Um, a vaccine and it doesn't work. Like, what's the side effects to a really, really new vaccine?
7: Get, um, well, there's always the side effect of getting the actual thing that you're trying to get protection from because it has it's on here. It has. Hi. <laughs> it has. Um. It has the virus in it, so there's always a chance of that. But usually the side effects are mild. Um, people have like anaphylactic reactions to the virus. Um. That's usually the biggest. Oh, okay.
0: So you, you, could, you could die from, from a vaccine.
7: Yeah, but it's really unlikely. I'm just okay. not a fan of just running to get vaccines. But that's because like, I'm, I'm young and healthy. I think there's a place for it.
0: Well, now I feel nice and educated about um, the medical system a little bit, even though there's probably a lot more you didn't get to go over. Bones, what's our next topic? Thank you, Leora, right, so for in, chiming in.
1: We're moving in. Thank you, Laura, for the uh, coronavirus update. We're moving in to our daily life welcome all of our guests from all over the world including montreal including long island including brooklyn new york and we're here on our next topic which is living daily life and so dick i just want to hand it over to you uh what's going on i mean your daily life how has it changed just give me just like the things that you had to just pick up for yourself hobbies what's going on in your life
0: yeah 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 i gotta say um i i'm not hating the quarantine and that's mainly because i moved back in to my parents house which that part is not amazing but I do have some very uh fun roommates that are my other brothers um between work working out and sleeping that's basically all I do for the most part well today we I had I'm loving the
7: quarantine
0: we had right it's it's is it, like if you don't care to go out every like saturday night and enrique could speak to this I don't really uh I'm not a, a big club guy this is not the worst case scenario the lack of human interaction is not great, but um, for me personally it's not terrible, but that's just the quarantine part of it. I feel very badly for anybody that has lost a job because of this or is considered non-essential that is we're really lucky I think a lot of us on here are to have the ability to work from home um, so it, it's been it's been all right you know one of my one of the things uh, uh, my brother has been doing is He's uh, been picking up drawing. So every night, anybody that follows him on Instagram could request some drawings from him. And uh, I know Jeff Shrem, who was on the, pod- on the podcast earlier, was, uh, was requesting me in a leotard. So thank you for that. For that. He actually drew that. It was very embarrassing, but uh, I appreciated that. Uh, Bones, what about you? What have you, you been up to? Yeah,
1: picking up random things. Uh, we ordered a piano. So I'm going to see if I can learn piano. I've been cutting everyone's hair in my house um, to different uh, results. And uh just been picking up shows. I want to ask if anyone could uh just chime in if what TV shows you're watching and we're just going to comment on that. Uh personally, I've uh, been very into Narcos, uh, a couple other topics. Dick, what do you any any uh, anybody want to chime in on TV shows?
7: Yes, Ozark.
0: So Ozark, I've heard very good things. Um Great. I I've, I've been watching um My brother recommended an anime to me called My Hero Academia, which I've entered all 20 minute episodes. Very similar. So I finished The Boys, which is a fantastic um, take on the superhero world. I recommend that to anybody that's on Amazon Prime. And then that like kind of went right into this new show that I've been binging like crazy. And um, I'm almost live with what they're at with four seasons in. So I'm kind of disappointed. I'm going to need another show to pick up real quick. Might pick up Breaking Bad. I hear that's, that's pretty... Uh, I like that you
3: just slid the anime recommendation in there. Like what's really the problem?
0: You, you, you're not an anime fan? No, no, not really. I'm not a 12-year-old <laughs> Japanese girl.
7: I hate anime, No.
0: Guys, if you want to understand the immune system, there's
9: a great show on Netflix called Cells at Work that my little brother, who's a total anime nerd, showed me.
1: It's like each character is a <laughs> cell. It's hilarious.
8: That's actually a cell. Are cells. you in
3: the hospital right now, Hayim? Where are you walking around?
4: <laughs> oh, I'm in my, I'm in my kitchen. With my yeah. whole fam. Yeah.
0: Hey, What's up to the Rudy's for us? I
1: want I hey, to uh, go to the Sutton residence. We're going to go to the Sutton residence. Joe Sutton, what are you watching
4: these days? How you
7: doing?
4: Wait, Ricky. Oh, I'm muted?
7: Let me check that again. Ezra, what
4: are you doing, huh? I'm watching an Dude, old
0: not the format.
4: An old classic, House.
0: You know, uh, and I, I would love to, for the doctors to chime in here. There was one House episode where he went on a plane. And oh, was people good. started contracting Munchausen's. Disease. What? Was Munchausen's disease. Yeah. What? And everyone, he basically started saying some BS symptoms, and everybody on the plane started getting those symptoms, and they didn't make any sense. He completely made them up, and he's showing how how the mind controls sickness, um, and and the placebo effect of all that. How, do you guys uh, find that that's a, that's a true situation where? Um, if you start to believe percent. in your, Wow. The so, mind is
7: really powerful. There's a show on Netflix. I forgot what it's called. But it's about this guy that does really crazy things. Um, like he swims in super freezing. Um, Wim he's Hof. he's the,
0: that, he's the, um, Iceman.
7: Yeah. But he also does other like really crazy things that it's all about your mind. And, and it's so true. I can't even go into how true it is, but yes, there's, there's a limit to the mind, but we right if i I break your
0: arm it's going to be broken
7: we don't use so much of it and it has to do with like all the receptors in your brain and stuff which i won't bore you with but yes there's power in the mind
4: just to add if you Um, look in the
1: dsm-5 which is basically a catalog of all mental illnesses and psych illnesses there's something called somatic symptom disorder which is uh it's a psychological condition that manifests as real symptoms like shortness of breath like itchiness Like even some things that like you can't fake, like diarrhea, Um, and it gets very difficult if you're a physician. Let's say, and somebody has like irritable bowel syndrome. Is it IBS or is it somatic symptom disorder? And there's like a there's a protocol and algorithm that you follow to to uh, distinguish between the two. But one is that's
7: basically fibromyalgia. It is not
1: fibromyalgia is another is, is- <laughs> all, right, all
0: right we're getting way too medical Don't do, that a side
1: i want to hit on dick that we're sitting at home i want to get your opinion on how we stay in shape uh there's a lot of uh sure. i mean for me personally I, I actually it was kind of interesting because i didn't actually lose any weight over the last three weeks or so I actually uh, i didn't actually gain any weight i actually lost like one or two pounds um so i'm curious to get your uh your opinion or your advice on a couple of just different things to work on when it comes to exercise, dieting, while we're staying at home, things to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, that, so I'm lucky enough to have built a home gym in my parents' basement years ago, had the foresight. If I'm ever quarantined back in here now, that wasn't what I was thinking. But, um, if you Google home workout, you will get so many results these days of 20 minute full body workout, whatever it is on YouTube. Cause everybody's capitalizing on this situation. They all know we have zero equipment at home. Um, all the gym shut down, so there's plenty of stuff to do as far as being physically um, active. You just have to take the initiative and do it. And there's so many things out there to do it. So now, how do you um, kind of implement that into your day? You have to. and I think Dan might talk about this a little bit later, but you have to start to get a routine um, and say, okay, I'm waking up at seven o'clock in the morning. Work is at nine. Seven thirty is going to be, uh, you know, your breakfast. Seven thirty is going to be workout time. So then you just. Go on YouTube, follow that program, whatever it is, um, and you have to kind of create the structure that you would have had outside of quarantine within your house. Because um, if not, you're just going to be snacking all day. You're going to be, um, you know, taking Cracker Jacks to your your room and just eating the entire time. And um, mindless eating is is a really, really, really um, easy way to add on a lot of calories and go over and and um, start to gain weight. So. continue with routine is going to be the biggest thing that I'm going to, I'm going to advise for and just be active. I mean, now nobody's going outside, but we're going into springtime, right? So, um, go for a run, you know, don't, you don't have to, you're allowed to go outside. I just don't touch anything. Don't breathe on anybody, whatever it is, maintain your distance, but go for a run go for a bike ride. Uh, try to, uh, stay active anyway you can That's, that would be my recommendation for sure and
7: there's so the, many apps yeah. too like at home apps i'm the most in shape now with this quarantine that i've ever been because i actually have the time to work out but um i started using like ob fitness but there's so many and um you basically do everything that you would do at a gym at home and work out I'm with other room. people for
1: sure. I want to give a quick shout out to Danny, who apparently lost 19 pounds since the quarantine. Yay. Woo, 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 It's all about discipline. We're going, on, we're going to hit on um, uh, work Huge. schedules, keeping a schedule in, in mind like what, what Dick just mentioned. I want to go, um, based on our conversation on physical health, I want to hit on mental health. So we have in the booth, um, Rochelle and Carol, both psychological experts, Psychiatrists, uh, mental health counsel, counselors. So I want to head on her show first um, from a mental health perspective. I just, I, I just want to get a landscape of what effect this whole thing is happening on people's uh, mental health status. Have you seen an uptick in in uh, in um, in visits and clients? Like, what what are you seeing?
5: So, as far as my current clients, it's interesting because I feel like there's what's been taken away from this virus, which is like most people's ways of coping, feeling together, spending time doing things that make you feel better. Um, So it's like taken away a lot of the things that most of my clients have used to deal with normal anxiety. And then there's this influx of added anxiety from the unknown and from the fears of getting the virus of people around them getting the virus. So I feel like everyone is kind of losing it, but it's. I feel like I'm having the same conversation with every single person. So in a way, it's kind of interesting because I feel like while everyone's losing it, we're all kind of on the same page and really in it together. If that makes sense.
0: So. Yeah. How, mu- how much? Of, how much of um, suffering together kind of unifies us as a, as a total group? Like I know when people work out, at least, or or just are in a similar. Tough situation, like um, like uh, uh in U.S. Navy, what is it? Navy SEALs, budge training. They all basically are getting their asses handed to them, twenty four seven for two weeks straight. But then they form a bond that is like stronger than than blood. Like, do you think that this situation where we're all in it together, where we're all suffering, so to speak? I mean, some of us more than others, but we all have this commonality. It, it's gonna almost unify the world like this is a global thing this isn't just a a, a country like Australia is having the same shit we're doing right now so like do you think that that uh unification is going to happen across the board
5: yeah I already do feel that way I already feel like a lot of like my seniors in high school who are all kind of missing out on things like potentially graduation and prom are like united in that you know sadness and then me and my coworkers who are now all working from home and like having zoom or like uh, doxy me or like other ways of doing telehealth instead of meeting face to face like we're all united in like our mutual changes so I feel like both on like the macro but then on the micro there'll be like a lot of similarities because like all of us here in the zoom call I feel like are going through a lot of the same things because we're you know we're we're all here commenting on this virus from our own personal standpoints and like we also have the same thing in common with, like you said, like people in Australia, which is crazy.
1: I want to get to uh, Carol. Carol, you're working in the school system, or uh, she'll just mentioned high school seniors. How are you dealing with uh, with this topic at all with your, your
8: students?
2: So it's actually very interesting. Um, we had some group sessions with students, and one of the first ones that I had was so eye opening because it was with three freshman girls, and all three of them were in such different situations. And I feel like it perfectly outlined like the three different ways that high schoolers are handling this. So one was very ambivalent. It was early on. She wasn't sure really. She was like, yeah, there's parts of it that I like parts of it that I don't. And there was another student who, you know, she's, from an affluent family. Her house is huge. She has her own floor. She's loving this. She can do whatever she wants. She showers three times a day. She works out, you know, like she's living her best life and she's having the best time. And then there was another girl who's like sharing her room with her three sisters. They're about to kill each other. It's only the first week. She can only imagine this is going to get worse. Like she needs her personal space. She doesn't know where she's going to get it. So even though we're in that age group and especially high school students where it's really easy to you know, not really panic about this because we're not really so much physically being impacted by this, but psychologically and mentally, it's such a different ballgame. And it depends a lot on who you are as a person and also your circumstance. So, that was, I, sure. think was so,
1: so I want to ask, um, and, and obviously we're all very, very fortunate to um, not be short on supplies, on food. Um, again, we're very fortunate to be in a situation where uh, the most we could do is just do nothing and just be, uh, and just live our lives. I want to ask either of you guys, Carol, or Rochelle, uh, in terms of um, people are going through challenges. Um, what are some tips, some advice? What do you, how, how would your advice be different for this as opposed to some other challenge? What do, you, what do you recommend?
2: So I would say first, we have to recognize that there are so many different things mentally that can be going on right now. Like this is a breeding ground for so many common mental illnesses. So like you know, there's so much uncertainty and that breeds anxiety. There's so much hopelessness and loneliness and that breeds depression and substance abuse disorders. And then within that, there's also like lack of social connection that is usually helpful in getting out of that. And to Dick's point, there is that solidarity in speaking about the illness, but there's also that like constant reminder, like that's all anybody wants to talk about. And when they do talk about it, our instinct is to be negative about it. Like if you notice, even when Dick was saying it, he was like, Yeah, I actually am liking this. Like he was kind of nervous to say it. But there's like, I find that even myself, sometimes I'm actually loving this too. And I even just said it actually. But when I'm speaking to people, my gut is to talk about the bad things because I think that's what bonds us. But then what happens is we're all sitting here talking all day about the bad things and then it just like perpetuates itself. So I guess the first thing is be mindful when you're speaking to other people, try to be positive and like see the positive spin on it. Perspective is everything. And I'm a realist, so I understand that things might not be great anytime soon, but what's the point in harping on the bad? It's just so much better on all of our lives to look at the opportunity in the situation that we are. So first thing is perspective and understanding where you might be triggered, whether it's gonna be the anxiety or the depression or the substance or some other area. And then for each person, we all have our things that we like, right? So trying to find those moments, but being very mindful of them. Like, yes, right now I'm going to indulge in this like chocolate and I'm excited about it. And like, this is going to make me happy. Or like for somebody else, I'm going to go on a run right now and it's going to be the best part of my day. But if you're not mindful of those things and saying, wow, I would not be able to do this right now if it wasn't for this quarantine, then you're doing it great, but you're not getting the benefits, the psychological benefits. For sure. You mentioned
1: mentioned, um, substance. I wanted to ask Rochelle just to close this up. Uh, I, I don't know if anyone else has been feeling this. Anyone been drinking more or smoking more or any, I don't know. Some of these I'm things. just
5: drinking every single night. That's the only way sure.
1: I sleep. Uh, is there any connection to these things?
5: Well, I think that one, we feel like we're trying, again, I think this is our way of making light of the situation by like having White Claw Zoom sessions and like playing mm-hmm. drinking games from afar. But I, I mean, if it's, I think most people are using it as a distraction. And I don't think we're really paying attention to how, like personally I drank, I think like five or six days in a row. And then I think it was like Wednesday, this past Wednesday where I was like, okay, I need to not drink. And I had like trouble falling asleep. I woke up the next day kind of feeling refreshed. It felt kind of weird, but not that I'm like drinking that heavily, but I'm drinking every single night. So I feel like we do need to be mindful. I think everything that Carol said about just being mindful and like the positives that we're doing, but also like recognizing how we might have changes in our behaviors that aren't so positive and like recognizing why we're doing it. Like, it's one thing if we're doing it to like unite us and it's really the only way we can really socialize is through like zooming and, you know, chugging or whatever, drinking from afar together. But also is it something that we're doing to cope? And if it is, maybe we should try to change what we're doing.
1: For sure. Um I want to hit on the next topics. Thank you guys. I want to hit on uh, something we mentioned earlier, which is working from home. Obviously, uh, especially in New York, and really across the country there are about half the states right now are implementing work from home uh, policies mandates um, so we're all working from home I want to just ask a poll if you want to just chime in in the chat you know what percent of your day I mean I'll ask Dick I mean what percent of your day are you actually working now? like as opposed to when you're actually in office is it, is it increase decrease what, what is what, what do you think
0: good question um, I would say I because I got a, a Almost similar, exact same setup as I have in the office. I'm pretty much on par with what I what I got going on. Um, before that, what, because they allowed you to buy screens and have expenses of the company. Before that, if I had one screen, I was not doing anything. I was probably um, like twenty percent as productive as I would have been, um, just because the nature of, of what I do as an analytics uh, person for marketing is like, I need a bunch of sh- uh, spreadsheets open at the same time, one email, on one screen, this and that. Um, so uh, one laptop, not productive at all. Two screens just as productive. So it's, it's not actually, it's, it's not all that bad. One thing is I don't move nearly as much. So uh, the bathroom used to be across the hall. I had to walk uh, like a three minute walk. It was, it was not- the greatest, but now my bathroom is right next to my room <laughs> and I don't move for eight hours in a row of the day. Thankfully I have a dog. So, uh, um, whenever Riley needs to take a piss, I am able to go outside with him. Um, but I, it's some of, some of my employees and teammates have actually been working harder because they don't have to move around as much. It's just like, they're sitting there and they're getting as much, as much work done. They'll go eat dinner, come back and work uh, continue work because there's no real breaks of the day. So for them, it's like, just one continuous long thing. If there's a task to be done, they'll do it. It could be a
1: positive and a negative. I feel like, so I was actually report 2020 this past year, um, 3,500 remote workers around the world and they're trying to show the benefits and the disadvantages, pros and cons of working from home. Uh, I want to bring in our, uh, business consulting expert, Danny you've worked with all kinds of companies. I'm sure some of them have work from home and you yourself have worked from home. I want to just tell you some of the, be- from the benefits, I don't know if you guys could guess. Um, you mentioned it Dick, just now, not having to commute all of a sudden your, your schedule frees up. Potentially you can work more. Um, uh, so, so some of the benefits include flexibility in work schedules. Number one, number two was ability to work from home, not having to commute, ability to spend time with family, flexibility, uh, and just better communication sometimes. While the struggles are just that, not being able to unplug is a huge thing, um, but also just distractions at home. If you have family members, Um, being in a different time zone was another issue that they mentioned. Um, Being lonely was a huge one. And then just staying motivated. So just some last point, then staying motivated. I know you you work from home all the time, work remotely. Uh, How do you tackle that point specifically when you don't have the environment, you don't have your boss, maybe, for example, how do you approach that?
3: Uh, well, first of all, uh, thank you, Mr. Dick. Thank you, Mr. Bones, for having me and the opportunity. Um, so it's interesting because there's this quarantine, right? But I've really <laughs> been working from home for five years now. It's, it's been a five-year work quarantine, like, quarantine for me, yeah. essentially from work. If I'm not traveling, I'm at my house working. So it's like the, kind of the same thing that I've been doing. Um, for me, in terms of motivating, it's two main things that I do. So the first is I tend to over-communicate, and as a lot of you know, I talk a lot, but I, in when you're working from home and you don't have face-to-face connection, especially me, like a lot of the people I work with are all the way in Asia or all the way in California. Like I, I don't really work with a lot of people that are in person. So the most important thing for me is over-communicating and making that your baseline, because if that's your baseline, you'll get on video for all your calls. You'll be able to whiteboard. A lot of these like messaging apps have whiteboarding. You'll. I always find that it's important to spend time with teammates, whether it be your boss or people that work for you um, in a personal kind of one-on-one setting and like take an hour out of their week and just talk. I find that's really good. Again, over-communicating, I think is really important and then check in on the different people that work with you, right? This is a really traumatic time. Check in with people say, how are you doing? How's your family? Cause that makes them even more motivated to work for the team because if they like you, they're going to feel more motivated to work. with you. So in general, that's my number one thing is, is, Take where you're communicating now, and I tend to do a little notch above and over communicate. Number two is I know Rich, you mentioned this. I think Rich is a good, like, working from home person as well. Um, The night before, always have like a a loose schedule. So, know what you're going to accomplish the next day, but make it flexible. So, I always like to have some sort of to do list. I mark off the items when I'm done. Um, I like to schedule a time to be creative with my team. So, like, an hour of just brainstorming, because usually you do that in a whiteboard i don't know what you all do on the on the phone but usually you'll do that in a conference room or a whiteboard or whatever but because you don't have that schedule a time where you're focused on coming up with new ideas i always like to like whether you're business jewelry whatever uh manufacturing whatever industry you're in schedule about an hour a day to just uh relationship build so call your clients catch up with them call your employer catch up with them that's really important as well but always set your schedule the day before like write down who you want to talk to and write down the things that you want to get done for me working from home is all about planning and making sure that you're able to just like get things done in an environment that may be different from where you normally are but your employer is expecting the same level of performance so i don't know that's the those are the recommendations i'll give but it, to be honest today and is not really different than what i normally do other than like i'm not going on trips i tend to work from my desk anyway so
0: yeah, Dan, I, I love that point specific, you made. Uh,
3: specific
1: uh, tech solutions. Uh, and obviously, Zoom is a wholesale name. Do you recommend
0: it? Zoom. Zoom's been behind this entire thing. Zoom has let Corona out in the air. They're just trying to get. Yeah, I'm 100%
3: up. Zoom. Like <laughs> Zoom is a Chinese agent. Or like I'm pretty sure of that
0: <laughs> we're gonna get kicked off in five minutes. Watch.
3: <laughs> but like task management, then task management or communication. Like, what, is, what are your favorites? So it depends what you all do. I have no idea what any of you do for a living, but there are a couple tools out there that we use. Many of them are free. So Asana is a really good tool. Monday.com is a really good tool. Microsoft Teams is a very good tool. Like all these tools just help you keep organized. But ultimately, it's the same shit. You got to get on video with people. Video is the same as being in person, in my opinion. You got to just make the connection, make the relationship go. But there are tools out there, but you can't just download a tool and expect it to run your business, you have to actually be able to like spend the extra 10% of the day investing in relationship building and talking to people and videoing people and FaceTiming yeah. with clients. Like it's the Damn. same shit, but you need, a, you need another 10% every day of just relationship building because that's the most important part.
0: Now, I love that point because, um, what I'm realizing now with an extended period of time working from home is that, um, all the banter and just the friendly uh, interactions within the office and within uh, between coworkers doesn't happen unless you f- almost force it to happen when you're working from home. So like what what I'll do with my teammates is I'll, I'll, I'll uh, um, the first five to 10 minutes of every meeting is, is not even small is, is small talk, but more so like checking in on the pulse of, of how the day is going um, from like an emotional look, like how, oh you know you, you see anything funny or, or or watch anything last night or anything just because that banter that used to always be there when you're sitting next to the person is not there anymore you kind of have to almost force it uh we uh, do you have a question from uh, the audience mick uh Laniata, what do you got
6: hey dan so i got a. do you see the workforce moving remote uh post coronavirus as companies realize the a flexibility that they have with their employees and also the expendable employees that they thought were essential or key to the business
3: and now that aren't or you know they could be working on a part-time basis um yeah I would say a hundred percent so but I don't think it's not I don't think it's corona related to be honest I think this has been happening like mobility has been happening all these project management tools I just mentioned and like the zoom and video these have all existed and they've been integrated. But I think more and more companies are getting used to people wanting to be able to work from like a remote island, per se, as a metaphor. And, and I think it's working. Going like I, I work at a company that's 500,000 employees. I would say at any given point pre-corona, uh, maybe 5% worked uh, work from home, which is out of 500,000 people, that's a lot of people. Now, I think it's more at about 60%. 60% of my companies working from home. That's like what? Somebody do the math, like 350,000 people. It's a lot of people. But I, I think that coronavirus will catalyze that. But I, I generally think that workforce has become more mobile and more mobile, um, in, especially in the last five years. It's been a huge investment because companies don't want to pay for physical space anymore. They don't want to continue paying for physical space. So how do we make people make things more mobile is extremely important. I have like a little backstory. So I work with the government and in the last two weeks, the entire U.S. federal government is working from home too. So we think of the government now as, all right, they're just giving us services, but in reality, there's tens of thousands of people that work for the government. They're all working from home. So this is the first time that the U.S. government has ever had a physical shutdown. Like, I know people that work at the CIA, they have to work from home. So it's a very different type of environment, even for the government. And I think it's going to lead to a lot of changes in government and the way government works as well, which is kind of a different, different, interesting other angle, but the government's very different than private sector. I think private sector has always been moving in this direction, but now we have tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people that work for the U S government and that's all becoming remote as well.
1: Uh, I do want to ask, I want to ask Mickey, uh, you mentioned a uh, physical office space. You see companies like WeWork really just going down the drain. Um, with uh, physical office. So that relates to just different industries that are being impacted, including real estate. Uh, I just want to ask you, Mick, uh, in terms of your client base, uh, you're a, a financial advisor. I just want to ask, what are you, what are you seeing impacted the most in terms of, in terms of industry? Uh, what do you, can you elaborate on the question? Right. So, well, obviously we think about industries that are immediately impacted like travel, hospitality, cruise industries. Um, uh, my father runs a conference business, which doesn't exist right now. If you think about it, um so i just want to understand from your perspective the people you're dealing with who has been impacted most is it retail wholesale what have you seen across the spectrum
6: yeah so i think it all starts from the individual consumer which is what they're doing on a day-to-day basis and the things that are going to prohibit them from from going out and by being home that it trickles down from there so it starts at retail goes over to wholesale then it goes over to the landlords, the banks, it makes its way up the finance ladder. Um, of course, travel, those things are are just by virtue of people staying home. That's going to take a hit. Such so like Uber, Lyft, right? Obviously airlines, uh, cruises. Uh, there, there's not, if you're not in the produce industry, uh, you're not doing great.
1: Yeah, I was going to mention there are, there are companies. So obviously we've seen the unemployment levels skyrocket. Um, I Three days a 6, new record. Yeah, <laughs> six point six million unemployment claims. It's a three thousand percent increase from early March. Um, but you see companies like Walmart, like Amazon, like CVS employing or hiring an, an additional five hundred thousand employees. Um, but the people right now that are struggling, um, what are they? What are they leaning on? Are you, are you seeing companies taking access to the, um, taking advantage of the government loans? Or what, what are you seeing companies do just to just to manage?
6: Yeah, so so last Friday is when the CARES Act um, was was passed. And just interesting, what the CARES Act stands for is Corona Aid Relief Economic Securities Act. Whoever thinks of those acronyms should get like a gold uh, star because that's an amazing. Uh, you think yeah, you connection. think they oh, come up with the
0: word first like CARES. How can we fit into that and then profound that?
3: It's it's all about how people perceive. No, Richie, speaking from experience, they they come up with the acronym first.
0: Right. Wait, so is that the word or the or the or the acronym first? And then they yeah. and they shuffle up the, the words?
3: And they and they and they put in words that will meet the acronym.
0: So they say cares is what we're gonna call it. What words can we get there? Yes. All right. Moving on. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, I just think of back when, whenever, uh, uh, somebody would throw an acronym that nobody knows and and everyone floods the like group chat with incredibly inappropriate (laughs) words for it. Um, I I just, I just think find that funny that government might be doing that, but with real words instead.
8: Right.
6: So, so,
0: so, uh, (laughs) nobody else find that funny. (laughs) All right.
6: Going back to Ezra's question. Um, so because it was released on Friday and over the weekend, I think they did it purposely though so that people would have time to digest what exactly it entails and what it means. The banks are all severely, uh, uh, trailing on the, uh, small business loans that they're gonna administer and give out. Um, they're still, reco- not all of them are on online platforms, which is ridiculous, um, a lot of banks also stop doing refis and, and mortgages, even though right now it, it that would help a lot of uh, Americans um, to do those things. So they're only focusing on this part, but they're still not giving out those loans. So there's a lot of uncertainty on what's available for the businesses. Uh, and there's also different caps on who could qualify for those uh, loans. So, it, you know, people, Different, if they have a, a, a legal team there, they're kind of guiding them through this on, you know, what's out there for them, who they should furlough, who they should fire, how should they cr- make their uh, salaries, whether it should be structured as a loan to the business that, you know, the business is repaying them or just a straight salary to, you know, qualify for some of these things. Uh, there's a lot of maneuvering going around. Um, so we'll still see, it's still way too early to tell we
1: Yeah. I mean, the name of the game for a lot of companies is just cash flow. I mean, there's, there's a, it was a Wall Street Journal article. Um, it was talking about, um, companies that how, how long they could last without any, without any sales. So they, they talked about a company like Apple, who, for example, has, they ended the year oh, last year, $240, $240 billion in cash and securities and accounts receivable. Uh, they could operate their business for more than a year if they didn't cut any costs and if they didn't sell a single iPhone. So it's kind of wild versus a company like dollar general who they finished the year, not with 240 billion, but 240 million, which is enough for a total a grand total of four days in the event that they have to shut their doors.
8: Hmm. You're going to
1: see companies completely fold. Um, It's kind of of scary. I want to ask you just Mick, in terms of, uh, well, we do have a question from, uh, from uh, Mark Indy. What do you got Mark?
8: I'll tell you one thing. I, I deal directly with, with retailers and, and like um business to consumer uh you know chains and and mom and pop shops and all those things and cash flow is very important i agree but most of these people are asking their and it it does hurt us they're asking their vendors to extend their terms and you know work with them so that when this all ends like they can get back to normal business but like yeah you say they have some cash as a runway, and it can last a certain amount. But even people with with low cash to debt ratio, or whatever they they have, like they're asking bigger establishments to, you know, extend their credit. So they probably will. A lot of them look like they won't get out of this, uh, you know, unscathed. But I think a lot of them, because you know, they're working with their vendors, and their vendors are trying to help them out. I think a lot of people will come out. You know, doing all right, even though the cash balances are low. Um, right, but it's a less everybody, everybody's under, everybody's under everybody's understanding of what's going on. So everyone's trying to help everyone out. But um I don't. For sure. So we'll see. I mean, from a from a personal
1: standpoint, Mick, I just want to finish off with, the, with you in terms of what we should be doing with our money. A lot of people are saying, should we buy the dip? Uh, personal investing, financing. What would you recommend?
6: Yeah. So um the disclaimer is uh that no one knows what the future will bring uh, Right, past performances are not indicative of future results uh but that being said we don't necessarily everyone speaks of you wanna right, buy low and sell high right that that's the mantra that that's given out the thing is we don't know when the low is until we're out of the low and we don't know when the bottom is until we're past the bottom the same thing with the dips people say buy the dips but i don't know if it's a dip it could be some type of inverse header soldiers Uh, maneuvering of the markets. So right now, uh, I was gathering some uh, year-to-date averages of where different uh, indexes are. The S&P 500 is down 23%. The Dow Jones is down 27%. uh, Oil is down about 50%. And the unemployment um, percent, which was the lowest in the history, is now at about 10%. Uh, and that's expected
0: to double uh, within a matter of four weeks. This is not stonks, Mick. This is not stonks.
6: Not, not stonks. That, that being said, for people in, the person, in, in regards to their personal finances, right now cash is king, and if they have the cash or excess cash, they should be putting that into the market because this is the opportunity that they always talk about, oh, I wish I put money in 2008, or I wish I put money in in 1980 and even if it does go down another 10 percent it doesn't matter because in the big scheme of things you're still buying at a good rate if people don't have cash on hand and most people don't right so i'm going to talk now to like the majority it's about looking back at living expenses and slashing as much as they can uh it's uh hoarding as much dollars that they possibly can extending out payments uh because I saw a stat like 75% of America lives paycheck to paycheck and whether that's regular classic Americans or, you know, the different communities that we each represent it's all, it's all the same, right? The numbers may be bigger, but it's still in a sense, paycheck to paycheck. Um,
1: So Mick you mentioned um, managing those expectations. I just want to ask in terms of the uh, buying the dip, is that something you're, you're advising clients now? You mentioned you can't really time the market. Like what do you, I mean, let's say you do have a cash, like what do you do in terms of timing?
6: Yeah. So it all depends on each individual. So if they have a, a long enough time horizon where they can afford to lose another 20% and that's what we're going into this with, uh, right? Expect the market to go down another 10 or 20%. And if you could withstand that, then definitely go ahead and put money into market. But most people are not thinking that way, even though, you know, maybe they should, but there's more immediate concerns are, how do I pay my rent? How do I pay my mortgage? Right. My wholesale company just cut my salary by 50%. My uh retail stores are closed, right? Et cetera, et cetera. People's they have no inflow of cash and it's about managing their day-to-day. It and that's gonna hinder what they could be doing in the long term. Whether that's better, good or for
0: or worse, it's just what the reality is. I mean, a question from Carol, do you see any specific industries booming now? and And once the uh, pandemic ends, so I haven't given it much much thought
6: on what industries are gonna boom. Um, but from what I've seen firsthand, a lot of the marketing agencies are doing in the, the ones that are marketing I guess on on a small scale, not for the not for the large uh, big companies, they're so inundated with work right now because everyone's working from home, they're not able to network. They need to get their brand, their website, their service, their product out there, and they are funneling these guys with, make me a website, make me a brochure, make me something that'll pop on Zoom, on Twitter, on whatever. Um, so these guys, if they're able to really make a name for themselves, uh, and this is more right on the entrepreneur level, not the, the big industries, uh, but they're they're going to make it out. Uh, I also think just buying in with, with some of the banks uh, is is also... Uh, pretty
1: good. Um, uh, I want to ask a final question from my, from my standpoint. I, I don't know if, if anyone's in a sales position, but bu- business, new business development for you, um, I, it looks like it ties more naturally into this, um, into this uh, virus, but people who are selling to people who are having trouble, like for example, if I'm approaching landlords who are closing their retail sh- centers or losing tenants, uh, from a business development standpoint, I, mean, I, I could ask you or Dan or maybe Mar- uh, Mark, In terms of how you're approaching clients for new development, for new business, do you hesitate? Do you think to yourself, yeah, I could reach out to him, but, you know, he's dealing with a lot right now. How do you approach that from a salesperson? Yeah, so um,
6: I think it's, yeah, number one, that's a great question. Uh, It's something that a lot of my clients have asked me. It's something that I've asked myself. Uh, And I think the overall theme is if you're in a salesman position and your job is to sell, then you have to sell. Of course, be empathetic to what's going on, and you could speak on to yourself because every industry is getting affected so it's not like the salesman is is immune to what's going on and they just want to continue pushing their product or service right They feel the pressures so open up with that right you get on a heart to heart with these with with the people across across them. you bring them on your side of the table uh, and at the end of the day, it may have to be to change the uh, approach of how you're selling the product. You may have to now. Sell the, the service in a way how they see value in it, and not care about the cost, uh, because there's a cost to everything. But if if is present, cost is is uh is not relevant. Uh, so so it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna bring out the creativity in every entrepreneur and salesman on how they can continue doing what they do. Of course, if someone's in wholesale and they can't sell to the retailers because the retailers aren't answering. That's one thing. But if we're selling, like you mentioned, if someone's selling to an individual, there is a way to, to do it. There has to be.
1: So we'll say, all right, we're moving along to sports relief with Harris Bogg. We mentioned that our whole lives are turned upside down, including the things that usually distract us, which are sports. I think uh, this was the craziest
0: the- part, Bones. When, when we heard that the NBA was shutting down, that at the Major League Baseball was not going to start their season, March Madness wasn't happening. That's when we knew this shit was real.
7: Harris, I your think immediate most people, people thought it was real too.
1: Harris, your immediate reaction to the NBA canceling to everything you seeing from ESPN closures of the Olympics, delay of the Olympics, uh, closures of every major league sports. Uh,
4: uh, what's your reaction? What was your reaction? So I remember on Wednesday night a few uh, weeks ago, when Trumps from like nine to ten o'clock, Trump spoke. The NBA got shut down and, like, they announced that Tom Hanks had it. Like, that hour, like, the shit hit the fan. And then <sighs> leagues were being canceled, like, left and right. So, it was, like, it was unbelievable. Then I thought of, like, companies like DraftKings who, like, what the hell are they doing now? Companies like ESPN, like, what are they going to have on TV? Like, so many things are relying on sports. Taking away just people wanting to watch and escape life or whatever, it takes out a whole gigantic industry of this country, and it's, like, it's unbelievable. Uh, I want to ask you, like, based on based on um based on ESPN. I mean, are you tuning into like
1: ESPN, like sports radio shows? Like, what what are they showing now? Like, what is there to talk about?
4: So they they're airing ESPN the show. These very weird, obscure sports like stone skipping, uh, axe throwing, <laughs> uh, like fucking slap ball, whatever the hell they're playing. That was great for a day. Like, there's only so much
0: that you could do when you're them. There's a, there's a reason ESPN 8 The Ocho is not actually a channel.
4: <laughs> I mean, if it was, I'd watch every day. But, like, there's no – the Stone Skipping Championship, it's only entertaining for, like, maybe 20 minutes. I'm sorry. But, so, top five, by the way, some of the top
1: five uh, um, uh, sports from ESPN The Ocho, I just want to ask what you're most excited about. First was axe throwing, took the 2019 championships. It was huge. Slipping that. stairs, college tours um 2019 stupid robot fighting league uh annual cherry pitting uh cherry pit spitting competition and Jerry, uh, Jelly Marble runs what are you most excited about Harris Rico um
4: I mean the axe throwing I, I gotta say you know I've done it myself there's some place to do it in deal in Brooklyn and you think you could do it. you want to be a professional so like when you look up to those guys it's like you know that that could be me so like, it's the most you want to live by like, you through them, and it gives you some hope to try and get out of this tough. This tough if, time. if
0: you've ever actually seen it, it it's basically like darts, where it's where just, they're so good that every throw is perfect on the money, and when they don't score, that's the surprise. So it like just boring. becomes yeah. repetition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you only watch twenty minutes of that shit, and then you're like, all right, I, I get it. You know?
4: Yeah, I watched the first ten minutes, and I'm like, this is a two hour special. You be wild.
0: The if they had like a, a runner like a dude dressed in like a bodysuit that <laughs> they're fucking throwing the X at. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> I'd watch but that shit.
8: Right, let me ask you about the NBA. <laughs> so
1: there's, there's a lot of talk about the NBA reopening maybe when, who knows? Um, it was actually uh, Spencer Dinwiddie of the nets who came up with this, this, uh, this creative idea for a 2018 tournament. Basically
8: 28
1: it. teams make it March madness style for top four teams. Got to buy um, neutral sites, best of three, what do you think? What are your, what are your, what's your action to that? What are your, what would you create if you were the
4: Mish? I mean, you, it's hard to take that first step and start doing like a gathering of people and having sports again. Oh, A lot of people are tuning in Oh, a lot of pressures on. It's crazy. So it's hard <laughs> to start. 17,000 people right now. <laughs> but I mean, it's going to happen eventually, but I don't think you could do it, but it would be unbelievable. Cause it's the only thing on. So the entire world would watch, including people who don't care about basketball and it would add to that March Madness vibe of, like, win or go home. It would be kind of like the NBA All-Star game this year that they changed the rules around to make the game unbelievably competitive. And it would draw in a ton of ratings, but it's, like, uh, it's just not going to happen. I would love for it to happen. I would watch it probably with millions of other people. But I got low expectations. I mean, I'm happy the Knicks aren't playing because they're not losing okay, anymore. But of Knicks, big, of big, uh, big news out of uh, ESPN was that
1: James Dolan, the owner of the New York Knicks, had corona. <laughs> and I see Mickey going wild. Everyone who was a Knicks fan. Not nice. Not nice. <laughs> going wild for about five seconds. And then I think there was more reaction, actually, to the, uh, to the next tweet that said, by the way, there are no symptoms. So – just basic question before we move on to the final uh, activity, which is, uh, do you want uh, James Dolan to get coronavirus and die? That's the basic question.
4: I mean, <laughs> you don't want, you don't want anyone to die. You don't want anyone to die. I want to make – I know this is recorded. I honestly don't care. But Iris, there's always but, exceptions to the rule. If he wasn't there, I would be happier. And that's a bona fide fact for the last 20 years of the franchise. I'm surprised he hasn't been murdered by now. Um, maybe this is the Mashiach that we're all waiting for. Um, but it's a horrible thing. Horrible times, blah, blah, blah. But if he wasn't there, eh, hmm, eh, Charles Oakley would come. So it'd be nice to be a nice time. All right, thank you, Harris. Right now,
1: we're resorting to ESPN The Ocho. There's actually an eSports tournament. I don't know how yeah, you, e-sports you feel about Yeah, eSports is sports.
0: picking up big. big. I mean, I mean, basically, the whole thing with eSports is you're – putting on your headset you're playing from the comfort of your gaming chair whatever it is that industry has not changed at all because you could still view the same way you could still play the same way um but i think it's going to be picking up a lot more uh i was watching a youtube video which is pretty funny about um back in the day our parents would like turn the the nintendo 64 off make us go outside or whatever it is now Kids are training to become the the ultimate gamers because you're winning millions of dollars in these tournaments, and it's it's pretty wild. This you're, industry
4: you're investing in your future. It's like getting an internship when you're young to become an esports gamer. I mean, it's it's smart career. It's a smart career move. And I know Carol yes. could definitely uh, speak to that because like you're starting at that young age, the sky is the limit for you. So so right now, esports. There's actually a bracket
1: going on in ESPN uh, number four. Donovan Mitchell versus number 13, Rui Hachimura. That's what they're, I asked, what, what are they showing ESPN? They're literally showing NBA players playing video games. Uh, with that said, final word, Dick, projection. Um, what, how does the world change five years? Well, even a year from now, once the Golden Passes, what changes? What are we, what are we expecting? Before so let me first Dick?
0: talk about when I think this will end. And I just looked up NFL opening weekend, 2020 is September 10th. Um, I think we will end quarantine by then because if not half of this country will riot and they need to watch their football. So, um, that's for the immediate. What does it look like in, in a year? I think everybody's going to be very tentative to be going to, to get back into normal life. Everyone's going to be wearing the masks going crazy in Asian, a lot of Asian countries, they already do this. I think China already, like they already have masks and wear it everywhere, but it might be because all the factories are making the air extremely polluted. But, um, I think hygiene is going to be at the forefront Um, work from home. Like we spoke about before is going to be way more prevalent and uh, industries that are able like marketing uh, uh, that I work in um, I know Robin works in are going to be able to then move over to a very, very lenient work from home policy. Um, Now talking three to five years down the line, I think uh, literally nothing's going to change. Maybe, 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 um, will be a little bit more proactive. Like Lior was saying before, how we never do that as opposed to reactive. So we'll get ahead of the next situation or at least be ready for it um, with contingency plans and all that stuff. But I think people crave social interaction and face-to-face interaction and shaking hands is not going to go away. It's still going to be part of life. It's been, people have been doing that for hundreds of years. I think, um, Life's going to be relatively back to normal within that time frame, but I, immediately it's going to definitely have uh, more of an impact once this is all over for the next, let's say, six to ten to twelve months, just people getting acclimated back into real life.
6: So, th- Dick and Bones, I- I'd like to chime in on, on two things. Uh,
0: the first one, only on- one. You're only allowed one. Oh
6: shoot! No, they're both very important. Okay, fine, fine, too. Fine. Okay. Thank- so the first is on the esports. Uh, I think that, uh, I don't know if you guys are aware, but Bleacher Report right now launched a platform where they're doing fantasy football for esports. So they created uh, a legends uh, ro- NFL rosters for every single team. So, uh, you know, you would have for the Cowboys, you'd have Troy Aikman at quarterback with, uh, you know, Dez, Michael Irvin, whatever at wide receiver. It's, it's a crazy, crazy situation. So they have fantasy football draft uh, and rosters that you could build for the eSports, which is crazy the thing. Uh, the second thing I wanted to add was on the, the finance part, and this is the question that I think is going through people's minds on through this quarantine exercise that people are doing, is this going to help the overall health of the uh, of the individual in terms of their medical, Uh, the background or is it gonna hurt them financially Uh, and I think that the more that we are in this quarantine which is going to alleviate the pressures for the hospitals it will kill people financially Um, because at the end of the day besides for people not making their day-to-day or month-to-month living expenses if the consumer confidence is down in people in effect are not shopping at retail stores. They're not taking uh, mass transit. They're not going out there. Their dollars are not circulating, even though um, the quarantine and we may be back to regular life in three to four months. This is going to have a very drastic effect on the uh, you know economy at, at at large.
0: Yeah, that was my that was my uh, first like initial um, thought on the entire shutdown was it's going to impact us more like you basically the government has to weigh is it going to be advantageous and save more lives if we quarantine everybody or continue to go along with uh everyday life and maybe quarantine the old people and i would i'm with you i don't know the actual statistics but i thought it'd be and i kind of still agree with this let people get out of their houses let people continue to do go to the stores go to the, the sporting events it might overflow the medical system it but what i think the impact um financially might lead to more deaths than, than people actually getting this virus now i don't know the actual statistics so i have no idea if that's accurate or not that's just my feeling but i really hope government and whoever put these uh, policies in place actually weighed these options so i, I don't know what what it is that's just the uh, uh, a gut feeling with absolutely zero numbers to back it.
1: So we're going to f- finish it off before we go into the activity. Mike Comport just joined. Mike, give us your expert opinion why you disagree with what Dick just said.
9: Um, I don't know. It's tough to say. I think I do. I think that there's really a problem with that because large crowds of people are the most dangerous thing right now. This is a very scary virus. It's Twice as contagious as the common flu. It exponentially grows. We have no vaccine. And the last thing we need is a large group. So I really disagree. People, (laughs) areas.
0: I'm sorry, Danny just jumped into Mike's camera view. That's what uh, I was looking at.
9: There's also, there's really no way of, there are ways of projecting deaths from the virus, but there's no way of projecting deaths from
0: economic. I think there are. I think there are things. I think it's something like every one percent unemployment. There aren't like dedicated
9: fields to mathematical modeling of of disease as there are with what you're saying. And I think we can project things pretty well. We can project that if we lax social distancing tomorrow and everything goes back to normal, millions of people will die. If we keep social distancing, only 100,000 people die. That's a factor of 10. So I think that we have to maintain the messaging that social distancing is the only way to get out of this. And yeah, the economy is going to be hit, but life matters more.
0: So, so I'm not, I'm not saying money and paper is all about that paper, right? I don't, I don't think that that is um, money is more important than people's lives. I think by money taking a hit, people will die and the, i think there's number yeah, like every what, what, what 1% is it, un, unemployment unemployment like 40,000 deaths or something like that i don't know the exact figure i points. know but i
9: think you're underestimating how much letting like the floodgates open how much havoc that will cause like it we're not talking about an order of magnitude of two times the amount of deaths we're talking about 10 to 20 times large crowds are how this thing spreads and 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 that's why we're we're taking this distancing measures that's so think, why yeah, go ahead. That's why messaging like Trump and Pence, even tonight, their messaging is dangerous by saying we think we're improving by saying that they think that the projections that were done originally aren't, you know, are, we're doing better than the initially projected. That's dangerous because now people are going to take their foot off the gas, right. you know, and, and, and now Walk people outside, are going to be yeah. a little bit more lax because they say the president told us to be more lax because we can because things are getting better. But no, the, the thing is, we haven't even reached the peak. And, um, and, and that's what's scary about this, is that humans are, not, humans are not used to things that grow exponentially. We're used to things that grow linearly. And that's why this is 10 times worse than it was two weeks ago and 10 times worse than it was a month ago, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, so, so I think both points have validity. I just really hope that the people putting these policies in place are weighing these with data and not by feeling what like we're doing, because we don't know the numbers. Um, you seem to know the numbers better on the medical side. I might I know do. a bit of the numbers on the, on the financial side, but bottom line, they have to be looking at those things. And if they aren't, and they're kind of going by what other people are are saying or what, what, um, other countries are doing, and we're kind of reacting to it. I think that's a huge mistake. Bones, what's I agree with that. Say I, say say
9: I definitely say agree say with that too. I definitely agree with that. Final point. Point. One second.
3: Yeah. Listen, the way that our government, okay, 300 years ago was set up, was that agencies have specific power, okay? So for example, you have the National Institute of Health. It's a government agency. A lot of people don't know that. They dictate scientific research. That's their job. It's not the job of the president of the United States to prescribe medicine and to give us an outlook on health. We have to let people do their jobs. We have to let the Small Business Administration do their jobs. We have to let FEMA do their jobs. But when we start to conflate fiscal and health policy, that's what causes problems. We have to understand, and the government is do a better job, and our current administration is doing a horrible job. Where just four weeks ago, Trump said the fucking coronavirus is a hoax. We have to do a better job at people working in their lanes. right? So we should be listening to health from scientists, and we should be listening to business advice from business people, we can't. There's, it's too much conflating going on, and that's causing a lot of problems. When when there's the White House press release, we have to listen to Dr. Fauci when it comes to he works for the NIH. Dr. Fauci when it comes to science, and President Trump should not give, be giving us speeches about science. It just doesn't make any sense, and that's not how the government was set up, which is causing a lot of confusion. Yeah, plus it's dangerous.
9: People that actually need the medications, there's there's like if people go rush out and use it for they think it's they have a hunch it's gonna help with um, coronavirus and people that actually need it are not going to be able to get it. Okay, right, with yeah. that, we
2: are moving
1: on to the final activity of the day. Everyone's unmuted. And what we're gonna do now is I'm gonna share my screen. We're gonna do a little, Dave uh, taste of dick and bones, super fan jeopardy. And can you guys see my screen? <laughs>
8: yeah.
1: All right, here we go. Final activity of the day. How it's gonna work is the following. Every one of your, uh controls should have a raise the hand feature or a clapping feature um and so the rules are jeopardy but the teams are if you have your first name from a through l you're on team apple okay if you're if you have uh, your name from m to z you're on team lemon okay we're gonna have one person at a time. Um, one verse one buzzing in by raising your hand, oh. and we're gonna start with. Yeah,
0: I don't know how to raise my hand. Can like this?
4: Like, are we doing this?
1: Like, <laughs> raising? Like, like tra- tra- raise my hand, or raise your hand on the on uh, How do you do
2: that? How do you do it on Zoom?
4: Monty, you're yell? in. First one to yell. Yeah,
0: just yell. All right, cool.
4: Wait, wait, All right,
2: where
0: do raise
4: the
2: hand? Just yell. Participant, and there's a there's a thing that says raise.
0: I okay think, so again
1: a through l is apple wow. m through z is lemon oh God, and we're going to start we're going to unmute every
8: villain is lemon.
1: in monty you count as an a okay because that's your real thing. here we go we're going to start with uh dick you are richie so you're r you're going to be uh we're going to start with Marie versus monty marie versus monty okay monty you're from canada so you get the first pick mm-hmm. what do you what's your what's your selection
7: I'm very confused, what am I selecting? We're playing playing
1: Jeopardy. We're playing (laughs) Jeopardy, here are the topics. The topics are, who said it? So what we're doing is we're gonna say a quote from one of the Big Takes episodes, and you're gonna have to say either who said the quote or what was the episode, Uh, I'll give you that. Facts are just trivia facts from the episodes, and name that episode, I'm gonna say the name, the title of the episode, and you're gonna have to name one of the characters or one of the guests uh, that came on that show. Clear?
2: Okay, I, w- I wanna do who said it.
1: Okay, who said it for?
0: <laughs> How much money? 100 to 500 bucks.
8: Pick a dollar amount. Monty.
0: Okay. They don't have Jeopardy dollars, in, in Canada, choice. I think that's okay, what it is. Okay,
1: Monty versus Marie. Yeah, we Monty don't have Jeopardy Marie. here. Monty versus Marie, here we go, for $100. Okay. Who said it? If <laughs> you're a hockey player, you have to be smarter than everyone else. Uh, Richie, ah, huh? the answer is Jeho, hockey expert from episode number seventeen, the hockey episode. Okay, we're moving on to Dick bones. Versus- mute the
0: music. Mute the music.
1: I don't know how. Okay, Just unshare versus- your your audio. Oh, okay. Here we go. Dick versus. Oh, I got this. Um
8: Wait, Dick, versus Mickey. Point?
1: Dick, you're on team, you're on team Apple, Dick, okay? Okay. There we go. We're going to advance. We're turning off Sherry computer. Okay, Dick versus Mickey. Mickey, where are you? I'm I'm here. I'm here. Okay, so 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 yell, so raise your hand if you got it. Uh Mickey, what's your selection? Go.
6: All right. We got it. who said it for 400?
1: Who said it for 400? And, and double. the answer you always want there to be someone drunker than you. You want to never be the guy who is drunk. You never want to be that guy who got drunk. At the ding, hospital. ding, ding. We got Mick, Dick, what do you got?
0: Was it Harris?
1: Ah, answer is.
0: Wait, wait, Luther. let me, let me, let me, Mickey. Uh, Nick, what do you out. got? Joe Stern.
1: <laughs> Joe Stern, the answer is Robinson, episode number 21. How to be
0: Robeson. Oh, shit, I remember I that.
1: Knew it. We got Danny, Danny. Danny.
2: Yes.
0: yes. Somebody mute. mute.
2: Danny versus.
3: Ooh, one second. I'm getting a headache.
1: <laughs> okay, Danny versus Carol. Sorry, uh, Robin versus Carol. Robin versus Carol. Robin, again, your team, Lemon, Carol, yeah. and your team, Apple. Um, Robin, you select, go. So far, uh, we have negative, 400, who said to it negative for 200? 400. What's that?
5: Who said it for
2: 200?
1: Who said it for 200? 200. Fashion magazine editors are still kings. Just having them include in what they're. Uh, Lauren Zalta! <laughs> we are going to give it to you. Lauren Salt
3: is not the answer, but Ginger. What a Timmy girl. Yeah, what a Timmy girl. <laughs>
1: what a woman find attractive. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're moving on. Danny versus Rochelle.
5: Uh, <coughs> Rochelle, you're up. Do I pick? Yeah. Okay. Facts 300. Facts 300.
1: This is Big Takes Most Viewed Episode to Date. Ooh, I don't
0: know. Five. It's like Four, a trick question. Three.
5: The mental health one. No.
0: Mm, uh, had to slot into
5: the yeah, DMs. Yeah. Harris and
8: friends. Uh, 6,700 <laughs> views there. That's 65,000. That's the record. record. Yeah. the most view? So. <laughs> Which one? Nice,
1: okay, so guys. <laughs> guys negative, the so it's negative 500 to negative 400. Okay, uh, Lauren versus Harris. Here we go. Uh, Lauren, you're up
2: um who said it 300
1: who said it 300 here we go we can do what we can do now is identify that gene tell this robot to find the gene and take it out and replace it with something else it's the find and replace it to the human body
2: robin robin text me <laughs>
4: I was actually gonna say Rudy, but I don't know if Robin's playing this round. I'm not judge, but lemon
1: whatever. get the point. Hi, I'm Rudy, plastic surgery and gene editing. Good job.
3: Wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. I got a, I got a, I got a question here, okay? All these who said it is the whole Syrian community, okay? All of us not Syrian on the call have no idea the
7: answer to these questions. Do you watch part, they, of
4: the you part of the
7: episodes? <laughs> Oh,
0: Isn't I you don't want Okay, we got <laughs> ben, Monty. you just, just out of yourself, man.
7: We got Monty.
1: Sorry, we got ha- Marie versus Harris. Marie versus Harris. Harris, you're up. Bye, Marie.
4: All right, I'm gonna go fax to for 500. Fax no, for 500,
2: here
4: we go. Wait. No, I'm no time I'm going press raise
2: hands. Just scream. raise, hands. Just yeah. Yeah. raise hands. Yeah, fine, I'll just scream. Okay, that.
1: for 500 big ones. Ask for Harris-A-Bog. This is the shortest amount of time he's lasted <laughs> in bed. <laughs> Three seconds.
4: Oof! Three seconds. Um, I resent that. You get minus 500. The answer is 30 minutes plus 500. Go, team Apple. Let's go, baby.
1: 30 minutes is the answer. Also a lie. So
8: cool. Go for <laughs> We got
1: Mark versus That's Mark versus Monty. Mark versus Monty. Monty, what's your pick?
8: Wait, what? Do I just speak with the answer?
0: Yeah.
7: Um, but what the what's the title? For, name that episode. Name that
0: episode, yeah, for 400. Name that episode not for not 400. Okay.
1: Again, this is the title of the episode, and you have to name who the characters are in that episode. Wait, wait what do you mean
2: who the characters are?
1: Who the guests were. Okay. Very
2: wait, hard. I, I have think? to name the episode and the guests?
1: I'm going to tell you the name of the episode. You have to guess the guests. Um, all right? Um, so, it's, okay. again, it's Enrique versus Monty for 400 big ones. Mark, here we go. Traveling the world, oh, New God. Age Technology, and nonprofits.
8: On the world little technology now, uh, no, but that. I don't know. Come on, Mons. Yeah.
1: Danny. Marie, but test with the on. answer. Danny, DC Danny. and the Herminator. Oh. Marie gives the the lemons. Oh, oh no, Marie. I missed that.
5: Yeah. But, yeah. I missed that a tie game. So...
1: Okay, I mean, Lauren negative 200 Dick. plus 400 is 200. Thank you for Me? This. We Thank got you. Lauren versus <laughs> Dick. Actually, Name Dick that play episode playing. 500. Name that
0: episode for 500 big ones. Oh, this is not Maybe fair. Answer. I've been okay, on all of
1: them. Instagram reality. How about to get over your ex and manifest your future?
0: Oh. The manifestors. <laughs> Samantha Shama. Well, actually, thing one, thing two. Is that their names? <laughs> or did we say their names? Mrs. Jones and yeah, Catwoman. Catwoman, Catwoman.
7: Uh, Catwoman.
1: Okay, we're moving faster. <laughs> Rochelle versus Mickey. Rochelle versus Mickey. Do I, Here we do go. I get those? You got Wait, it right. Richie's on our team. Richie's on our well, team. I did not get it. Rochelle versus Danny. Rochelle versus Danny.
7: Danny, ooh. you pick.
1: Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, uh, 400 facts. Facts for 400. Here we go. This is the guest with the most
3: appearances. Oh. Uh, uh
2: Nikki. Is it Harris? Is, is it Danny? Danny? I think Mark Gindy. Hey.
3: What's
2: the answer?
9: Ding, ding, ding. Mark Gindi,
1: Mark Gindy is actually the wrong answer. It's Brian Onehorse, a.k.a. Joe
0: Stern. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Wait, Bones, did you go through every episode and count? <laughs> he in the
1: apartment. He lives in the apartment. He hasn't even been on. Yeah,
3: he always walks around and gives little, little tidbits.
1: Danny, you little just tossed your team 400 big ones. We have a close game, tie game. We got Robin. We got Mickey. Boy, they're both on the same team. We got Robin versus Harris. Robin versus Harris. Robin, you're up. Sorry, Carol. Carol's up. It's Robin versus Carol. Carol, you, you uh, picked up. Uh,
2: name that episode 300. Name
1: that episode 300. We got How to be Funny, Life a Comedian. Who's the, who's the guest? Oof. Joe Sott. Joe wow. Sott is quick correct. quick, lightning fast.
2: Apple. so
1: quick. OK, we well, got Harris. Quick. Before you go on. Richie
0: on Apple or Lemon?
1: Richie is Dick. He is on Apple.
7: He is on Apple.
0: Oh. <laughs> All right, we got five, first disappointment.
1: Only five clues left. Harris versus Mickey. Um, Harris, you're to pick.
0: Oh, we got this in the I'm bag. gonna go
1: uh, name that episode
4: for two hundred.
1: Name that episode for two hundred. Psychology of decision making, sexual fantasies, and motivating what? others. What? Who's your guess? Ding ding ding, yeah. Uh, Harris the Pug. Is that
6: me?
4: I don't even know. No, it's
2: me. <laughs> no, Carol. It's Carol. Oh, it, is, it sounds, it it sounds
4: Carol. It, yeah.
2: It's Carol. I get the point.
1: We got you know? a point. Apple. Carol, do <laughs> to win? Here we go. Marie Batesh versus Dick. Sorry, Monty. Monty, you're back. We need more A's. Monty, you're back. Here we go. Marie, your choice.
2: Monty's
1: making the it. Name that episode. Name that episode for 100 big ones. Low stakes, low stakes. Part-time neuroscientist, part-time rapper. Oh.
8: Mickey, Monty, Mike.
1: Mikey's correct. Monty with the with the oh, score. Yeah. Apple's running away.
0: Uh,
7: yeah, Lauren Zolto versus.
0: Lemon's got to get them all.
1: Danny, Lauren Zolto versus Danny. Lemon, you your pick. Lauren, what do you got? Um More left. You got to get them all right.
2: Facts for 100.
1: Facts for 100. Danny you ready? 100. Oh, I don't know.
8: <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
1: Name the official Bake Take sponsor oh, and easy. its tagline.
4: It's too easy. Too easy. Sour patches. Sour you patches keep going.
1: Apple and its tagline, Danny Uh, Harris, what do you got? The, the best in all candy, in all the land, oh, the candy in all the land, baby. All the land. is coming. candy in all the land. But if, listen, if, if Lemon gets these two right, then I'm going to give the win to the Lemon. We got Mark. Okay. Why? No. <laughs> okay. Know. We got it's Mark. Too <laughs>
0: it's blasphemous.
1: All right, go. Mark they get versus
2: both in the tiebreaker. Carol.
1: Mark versus Carol. Um, Mark, what do you want? I'm going
8: who said it, 500.
1: Who said it, 500 big ones. And their answer. During my treatment, I ended up having that vertigo moment. David Azo,
8: Amazon.
4: dumb. Azo. David Azo, Azo's Azo's before, Azo's before Azo. the end, that's you want to know Jeffrey's rules. That's 500. Azo,
1: music, music acting, kicking cancer's zest. And the mm-hmm. final one. Whoever screams it out first wins. Final the one whole game. Back. The whole game. <laughs> 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 this is the name of the big takes the composer. Mexican sidekick. Hey, Gary! is the answer.
3: Everyone's going to That's a great one to end on.
1: Absolute winner. Thank you all for joining. Baked tics, both- what is this hey, website? How'd yeah, you exactly, make Oh,
7: good. This
1: hey, hey, is the game
0: master, guys. This is the
1: game master. episode number 27. This has been recorded to be populated and recorded. Wait, wait, and play us
8: out. Play and us out, baby.
1: Throughout the As world. Hold on. But for I don't know, now. I have
8: a questionable tab um, on I want to thank you
0: again for joining. Have a nice evening.
2: Great good. job, guys. Yay. Good night, everyone.
8: Where, where's our, where's our uh, outro? Lauren, Come how's on. that puzzle going?